Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Ready to triple your creative production speed? Seltra is a software for scaling creative and content in the cloud. In Seltra, brands can create and launch all the variations they need for successful campaigns. More at Seltra.com. That's C-E-L-T-R-A.com. Welcome to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. I'm Ko Im, your community editor. David Greiner is off this week, but we are going to talk a lot about TV, watching TV, how politics uh, can affect the way we watch TV, perhaps. And we are joined by AJ Katz from TV Newser. Hi, AJ. Hey, Ko. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you? How are you doing? I know you've been so, so busy this year. Um, you're probably one of our most prolific um, contributors to the site. Your stories on ratings and other news um, surrounding the TV world are generally in the top 10 of every week. Um, so how has this year been for you? It has been unbelievably busy. Um, I'm marking my fourth year at Adweek, and um, I guess it's my third year running TV Newser. And this has easily been the busiest um, era of my time here. I kind of expected it, this being an election year, but right. I guess I didn't know how insane the news cycle would be. Um, and of course, that's driven by our commander in chief, who uh, who manages to say a different outrageous thing each and every day. And that gets, that gets the television news industry in a tizzy. Um, so yes, um, long story short, my my life is uh, is very busy, and I stay up late having to cover him and having to cover how the networks cover him. Um, and um, and yeah, it's been a heck of a time. I uh, I was up till about twelve thirty a.m. last night writing stories about the debate, so um, still recovering from that. But you know, it's um, it's a fun time right now. <laughs> Let's get into that fun. But before we do that, um, why don't we give a primer about what TV news is for maybe the folks not in the TV industry and a little bit about um, your background. 
Sure. So um, my background, uh, gosh, I graduated from Tulane University back in 2009. Um, I worked at William Morris Agency, which is now WME uh, Entertainment, or maybe it's Endeavor. I'm not sure that companies changed names a couple times. But um, I started out my career working for a talent agent um, who represented broadcast TV talent, um, some of whom were sportscasters, some of whom were newscasters, who I um, ironically cover these days. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. I realized I didn't want to become an agent. Um, so I moved over to the network side. Um, I, uh, I worked in the research department for a couple of networks, um, analyzing ratings, working with Nielsen a bit. Um, it's employed by um, Comcast. I worked on readings for the e-network and on g4 which became esquire um and i think that's gone under um and then i, I left there to go work on a sports television show on um fox sports network and then i moved back i moved over to the journalism side writing writing for broadcasting and cable and multi-channel news magazines um covering cable news industry and again um, ratings and I moved over to Adweek uh, in mid-2016 and worked with Chris Ahrens, who is now our uh, Adweek's managing editor, on the TV Newser blog. Um, and TV Newser, I guess, for the folks who don't follow it closely, it's um, it has sort of this cult following in the uh, t television industry. Um, it was created by Brian Stelter um, back in 2004, who is now... CNN's uh, chief media anchor, um, and uh, we track the news about the news industry. So we cover um, big programming moves, um, big, you know, we speak to folks at networks about, we get their thoughts on what's happening. We track um, anchor moves. We track rating stories. Um, you know, we interview everyone from network presidents to producers to talent getting folks, um, you know, thoughts on the industry and on the landscape right now. And, um, and yeah, so I've been doing that for a little over four years now. And um, it's quite a time to be, to be covering the, uh, the broadcast and cable news industries. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're really the, the perfect person to, to be, you know, on the nose about um, every time a, a ratings report comes out, you have a broader sense of, um, what's happening, you know, in the industry overall since, you know, Adweek covers both media and marketing. Um, so you started this, you know, right with, you know, a new president. Um, and by the way, you and I both know, but I'll also share with our listeners um, that back in my day, I was a TV reporter. So I knew about um, TV Spy, which uh, you know, covers more of the local TV news world and has kind of a cult following of its own. Yep. Um, and that ladders up to, to TV newser. And you know, there are various kind of verticals or sections that you cover. So I want to get a broad sense of, you know, 2020, um, more people were keeping a close eye on the news with the election year. And then the pandemic hit and streaming TV consumption went way up. What happened um, with the ratings and what have you seen since? I mean, you already kind of alluded to to our, our president um, making kind of polarizing remarks and that mm -hmm. bringing more eyes and attention to to the 
screens? Well, I mean, it's interesting. Um, newscasts like the evening news, you have your world news tonight, your NBC nightly news, um, your CBS evening news. The ratings, um, especially mid-pandemic, were through the roof, were as high as they've been in years. And um, there are a number of reasons for that. Number one, um, people were stuck at home with not a lot to do. And number two, people wanted to keep track on the latest events. Um, They want to know what's happening, not just in their own communities, but what's happening around the nation. They want to know, you know, updates for how many folks are getting sick, uh, what's the infection rate, um, you know, the ebbs and flows of, of the coronavirus in the country. So you saw a, um, a significant growth in viewership on the evening news. And, you know, and look, in, in cable news has been growing exponentially over the past couple of years. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a very tribalized time. You've seen Fox News getting its, its biggest, drawing its largest audiences ever. Um, you've seen huge numbers for MSNBC, sort of the resistance network. Um, people who loathe Trump are, are going over there and they're turning to personalities like Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes and Lawrence O'Donnell and Joy Reid and, you know, the folks on Morning Joe to get their news. Um, you know, and, and as I mentioned, Tucker Carlson, love him or hate him. He is the um, most watched host on cable news right now. Um, and he's, you know, he's drawing as many viewers as a lot of shows on broadcast, you know, your big brother bachelorette, his numbers are in line with them, which is sort of extraordinary these days. Um, Sean Hannity also getting huge audiences. So, um, you know, linear television is far from dead right now. Um, now that said, it does skew older. Uh, the news industry has always done quite well with the 55 plus range, not quite as well with 25 to 54. Um, you know, younger audiences are not quite as interested in the news and that's been the case forever and that's still the case. But certainly the interest in news during the pandemic um, was as great as it's been in a long time. Um, and that's that's great for the television news industry and that's certainly carried over to what we're seeing now um, with record ratings on cable as we uh, as we approach the election. 70% of marketers spend more time producing digital advertising content than they like. Don't be one of them. Find out how creative automation can help. Learn how at Celtra.com. That's C-E-L-T-R-A.com. I know this is, you know, less of um, your general purview, but um, I have seen more engagement and interest in the debates. Um, So um, is that reflected um, whether they're watching it, you know, on a different screen? And I know that's part of, you know, your Nielsen ratings. Um, What's happening, you know, with uh, the, the, the also polarizing debates Um, because Twitter is alight with um, all commentary, but what's actually happening too. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, you're, Linear viewership is still strong. Um, I think the first Biden-Trump debate earned around 73 million viewers, which is um, a massive number. Believe it or not, though, it's actually down from the first Clinton-Trump interview back in 2016, which earned a record uh, 84 million. Mm. Um, you know, and there are a number of reasons for that. A, you had Donald Trump, a celebrity in his own right, and B, you had a historic candidate in Hillary Clinton, so you 
you bring those two factors together and you have a massive audience. But um, you know, Biden, Trump drunk, 73 million viewers just on um, linear and and well and as well as uh, digital platforms is still quite an extraordinary number. Um, and in terms of last night's debate, the second and final presidential debate, those numbers are going to come out later this afternoon. We're recording this on a Friday. Um, but what are you um, kind of expecting as a lead up to the election? Obviously, the way we cover news as reporters, journalists has shifted a bit. But how do you expect any kind of um, horse race coverage to, to shift, especially, you know, with the pandemic happening and um, and what are broadcasters, you know, planning? Is it any different for this? Yeah, well, I mean, look, the, the pandemic has um, influenced everyone around the world, and that includes the news industry. Now, you're going to have a lot less of a presence um, in studio. You know, uh, election night is known for, um, you know, it's, it's crazy in the studio. People are running around with stats. They're trying to get updates. They're de- dealing with pollsters. Um, it's not in the control room and around the studio. You're not going to have that um, on November 3rd. Um, you know, the and I'm starting to have conversations with the folks who are running coverage for the respective news networks on election night. Um, you're going to have a lot of folks who are working remote and you are going to have folks working from the studio. But, um, you know, combining the two is going to be no small feat. This is, um, you know, an ordeal unlike anything anyone has experienced. So it'll be interesting to see how, how the networks handle this. Um, you know, and just more generally, um, CBS, which is broadcasted from the CBS Broadcast Center, um, which is over on uh, Midtown West for our New York listeners, mm-hmm. um, they are now moving their coverage to the Viacom CBS headquarters in Times Square at 1515 Broadway. So they'll have a brand new studio over there. Um, They'll have more space, all the bells and whistles. Um, And they're actually, uh, because they don't have a DC bureau chief right now, full time, they're still hiring. They're going to have a former CNN executive running their election night coverage. So, so that's going to be a change for them. You have a lot of the networks, you know, installing new technologies for their coverage. Um, Everyone just in general, Mm -hmm. they're going to be more careful. Um, you're going to have more social distancing. People are going to be wearing masks. Again, you're going to have fewer people in the studio, um, you know, and, and also just there's going to be preparation for more days of this. This might not end on November 3rd. Um, this might not end on November 4th. So networks are preparing for this to take up a few days. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, they're still finalizing coverage plans, but, it's definitely going to be um, a night unlike any other that the television news industry has um, has uh, has experienced. <laughs> that sounds like a tagline. Um, so yeah. one um, personality, one um, anchor that uh, won't be on the the Fox stage is um, Shepard Smith, who, um, as you covered, you know, moved on um, to CNBC. Um, in your view. Um, what are some of the other um, big name network um, changes for for this year? Sure. What does so, that mean for like the industry, which is always evolving? But what does that yeah. mean? Well, of course, yeah. So as you mentioned, Shep uh, Shepard Smith left Fox in October 2019. Um, 
over, shall we say, creative differences, I'll put it kindly, with um, a couple of the Fox News primetime hosts. So he recently launched his own newscast on CNBC, which um, one when one thinks of CNBC, they think of financial news and investor news during the day and not necessarily an evening newscast, but um, he has created his own evening newscast. And um, so that's gotten off to a start that started um, last month. So um, so the move uh, from Fox to CNBC was sort of a unique move for Shep and for the industry. Um, Joy Reid getting her own show on MSNBC in the 7 p.m. hour is sort of uh, significant. She had been a, um, a weekend host for the network. She hosted a uh, two-hour morning program named AM Joy and got a promotion over the summer to the 7 p.m. hour. Um, and the name of her 7 p.m. show is called The Readout. And um, she helms uh, MSNBC's political coverage now, along with Rachel Mano and uh, Nicole Wallace and Brian Williams. So her, uh, her elevation has been big for them. Um, you have uh, Tom Yamas and Lindsay Davis over at ABC News, who are now the faces of their new streaming service, um, which is named ABC News Live. Um, Kristen Welker, who um, uh, everyone got to know far better mm -hmm. last night for her uh, for her performance, which seems to be universally liked um, among both uh, conservative media figures and uh, the mainstream media, which, you know, you don't get a lot of agreement these days, but uh, everyone seems to think that she did a nice job on uh, on Thursday evening. She so she got her uh, she became uh, she was named weekend today co-host back in January. Um, so in addition to her longtime role as NBC News White House correspondent, she also co-hosts uh, NBC News's weekend morning show, Weekend Today, um, on Saturdays. So she was named host of that program in January. Um, Chris Matthews uh, departed MSNBC on March 2nd. Um, there were some uh, negative he headlines swirling around him. There were some accusations about inappropriate behavior. So he left the network back in March. Um, so, yeah, so those are some of the bigger, uh, what we like to call revolving door stories right. that have happened in 2020. Right. And there has been um, some shakeup in the industry, which um, I think you'll agree, you know, it is um, kind of a, an old school model and and values and they've had to um change especially you know with times up and um me too and black lives matter and you know you mentioned joy who happens to be black and rachel who happens you know to be um part of the lgbtqia plus community but um you know and tv has always tried to kind of um visually you know cast um out of diversity. But, you know, when we look at the kind of the higher up execs, right? Um, do you think there's more of a pressure here, not just from a financial standpoint, but um, in, you know, for example, Susan Zerinsky, um, you know, is now leading uh, at a larger capacity at CBS News. Um, you know, you some might say and criticize that TV news is, you know, the kind of old 
old boy model. Sure. Uh, so do you think that, you know, even in the marketing industry, right, we, we've, we've seen tremendous changes on the CMO level mm-hmm. and definitely more representation, not just from the DNI officers or the chief diversity officers, but, but at the top. So are we slowly getting there with um, TV? Slowly. Um, slowly, but surely one prominent example of this, um, NBC news, their new chairman, uh, Cesar Conde, um, he stepped into the role over the summer. Um, he was the, uh, chief of Telemundo enterprises for a long time. So he, he was in the family, but, um, he replaced Andy Lack over the summer. And that's sort of a big deal in the news industry, um, to have a, uh, Latin American, um, chairman of a news company. Um, so um, he is oversight not only of NBC News, but also of MSNBC, of Telemundo, and of CNBC. So that's sort of a big deal in the industry these days. Um, you know, as I mentioned, Joy Reid, um, she's the first black woman to have an evening um, cable news program I, I, um, on weeknights. Um, Harris Faulkner from Fox is a host of a midday uh news program. She's African-American, but Joy Reid is the first to have one um, on weekday evenings. So that's important, you know, and then Don Lemon has obviously been in primetime over on CNN for a long time. So um, on the executive ranks, NBC naming uh, Cesar Conde was um, a smart move. He's done quite well for Telemundo, and I think it was probably the right thing to do by NBC to have him run the, the whole shebang now. But yes, there's certainly a lot of um, improvement that needs to be made. Um, I think, you know, you need, you need more diverse voices, more diverse people to better reflect the country in newsrooms. And um, there has been some improvement, but it's definitely, uh, it's slow. But I think folks are recognizing that improvement needs to be made. And um, we seem to be moving in the right direction. Great. And unless you have something that we haven't covered yet, that's super important. Um, I just want to ask, you know, what does AJ Katz watch when he's not watching the news or the newscasters? Um, what What's kind of on your, your fun plate? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> as of I know, right, I'm like the I'm the news nerd. But as of late, I've been I've uh I'm a former jock, so I've, I've been watching a lot of sports as of late. I've been watching um, the World Series and uh, NFL football, and I was watching the NBA playoffs, which are a lot of fun. Um, I've been watching Fargo with uh, Chris Rock as the face of, uh, of the new Fargo, so that's been cool. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, it is, it is a hell of a time for, uh, for television not just news, um, just for entertainment and, um, and sports as well. And, uh, I, sir, as soon as this, as soon as this election is over, I'm definitely going to catch up on some more, more entertainment programming. Cause I do have my Hulu and my Netflix subscriptions and my Amazon prime. I just don't get, I don't get as much usage out of them as I, as I should. So, uh, you know, as soon as, as soon as this election stuff calms down, I'll, uh, I'll definitely catch up on, on actual fun interesting television and not, you know, stressful TV. <laughs> right, right. I thought you were going to say you're going to catch up on sleep, but hey. Sleep well, that, right? <laughs> that, 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 that wouldn't be a bad idea either. I think you're right on that. Well, AJ Katz from TV Newsroom, thank you so much for sharing your insights and spending some time with us on Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. Thank you, Co.
And make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also send us an email at podcast at athlete.com. Griner will be back next week. This episode was produced by yours truly, edited by Leigh McGivney with Music by Home. We'll see you next week. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.